Okay, my gift to the uh, fathers today is going to have a short sermon. <laughs> all the fathers say amen to that. But um, I, I do want us to look at some scriptures along the idea of honoring your father. So turn in your Bibles to, to the book of uh, Luke chapter 18. And we'll begin there. And uh, we'll, we'll look at, you know, I've got, I've got a number of scriptures to look at along this whole idea of honoring your father. In, uh, in Luke 18... You'll recognize this story. It's the story of the rich young man or the rich young ruler. And uh, we'll pick it up in verse 18 of Luke 8, chapter 18. It says, A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, if you had one question to ask Jesus, that'd be the one you'd want to ask, right? Let's just get cut right to the chase. What do I need to do to go to heaven, to have eternal life? He says, Why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. Now, then he, and he, and he comes back here and he says, you know the commandments. And so he's going to list off a couple of commandments here and notice what's included in that listing. He says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Isn't that interesting? Do not a bunch of things. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony or don't lie. So this all don't do these things. But if this very simple sort of over, you know, look at the whole Old Testament, the one positive thing he says that you should do is honor your father and your mother. Isn't that interesting? Honor your parents. Honor your, your father and mother. Today we honor our fathers. A few weeks ago we had Mother's Day. And we uh, honored our mothers. I'm told that uh, an overwhelming more amount of money is spent on Mother's Day than Father's Day. Uh, I've, I've heard that. I don't know the numbers, but it was like you know five times as much or something like that is spent on Mother's Day as opposed to Father's Day. I don't know if I know all the application to that uh, or the implications of that, but uh, I can tell you as a father, I enjoy Father's Day quite a bit. Uh, as a younger person, uh, when my children were younger kids, I think maybe not so much, but the older I've gotten, the more I enjoy Father's Day. And I can tell you, it's not because I'm going to get a great meal. You know, that's not really it. Although a lot of times on Father's Day, you might go out and get a nice meal and all that. It's really, for me at this stage in my life, I know all the kids today are going to call. And uh, one of them already did. I already got one down. Uh, the other, the others to go. Uh, so you know, uh, check off uh, with one of them anyway. But uh, the others are going to call in, and I know they're just going to say, "Dad, I really love you." You know, and maybe something uh, specific uh, that they might want to say there. But uh, this whole idea of honoring your father is a very important thing. Look over to Matthew 15. Jesus talks about this uh, in another context, uh, but it, once again, he brings up the exact same idea. In Matthew 15, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then the Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem, and they asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? So of all the things they could ask about Jesus, they said, Jesus, we want to know why your guys aren't following the traditions of the elders. They don't wash their hands before they eat. <laughs> really? That's what you're going to zero down on. <laughs> they don't wash their hands. But that was a big deal to them. 
Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father and mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me as a gift devoted to God, he's not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Jesus is very interested and very concerned about this idea that people honor their father and mother. He says, you've given this up. You don't think that's a big deal. As a matter of fact, if people give the money that they would have given to their parents, if you give that to the temple, you can say to your parents, hey, what I gave to the temple is what I would have give, uh, given to you, but since I gave it to the temple, it's okay and God is happy. Well, of course, what about mom and dad? Well, mom and dad are left out uh, in the cold, as it were. Jesus is very concerned about this idea of honoring your father and mother. I want to give you a couple of ideas here about honoring your father. Let's just talk about dad today because it's Father's Day, right? <clears throat> Be verbal. You know, it, it, it's not good enough to say, well, it's not good with words. Start. Think it through. You say, well... There's more negative than there is positive. Well, then emphasize the positive and minimize the negative. You want to hear that one again? Emphasize the positive and minimize the negative. You say, well, there's more negative. Well, then just stay on topic then. (laughs) And let's emphasize the positive and minimize the negative. There's not a man alive that's perfect. Your dad was not perfect, is not perfect, isn't going to be perfect. And so you have to minimize the negative or the, the negative things and let's emphasize the positive things. Jesus says an interesting thing at another time in His ministry. He says, with the measure you use, it will be used to you. Now that sounds a little spiritual, but let me bring that down to very, very practical application. Everybody knows what measuring cups are, right? you got a full cup, then a half cup, a third cup, and a quarter cup. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus says, with the measure you use, it will be used to you. Now, when people are saying nice things to us, we want them to use the full cup, right? Give me more. Give me more. But sometimes when we're saying complimentary or encouraging things to other people, we we get the quarter cup. Jesus says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, how you treat other people is how you probably are going to be treated yourself. As it pertains to dad, find something positive to say. Be creative in your own mind. And there may be negative things that you have to put out of the way, but be positive as you deal uh, with your dad 
in the time that you have with Him. The biggest thing that messes up our ability to be expressive to our fathers is when there's things that have gone on and we haven't forgiven. We haven't actually sort of put it behind us, the negative things or the disappointments that we have or we had with our dad. Well, I wish my dad had been more this. I wish my dad had been more that. I wish my dad hadn't done this. I wish that those kind of things. To the best of our ability, we've got to put that behind us. We've got to offer forgiveness. And we've got to move on. I can tell you, if your father is still alive, take the opportunity that you have because he isn't going to be alive forever. And neither are you. And once somebody is gone, one of the greatest heartaches people can have is the feeling of, I wish that I had said this. Or I wish that I had sort of pushed through or I I wouldn't let my feelings stop me at that moment. Remember guys, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You don't really want to be treated that way by other people. So don't treat your dad that way. He needs to hear from you how you love him and the things that you appreciate and the positive things. I want to mention two other things here that I think are important in the context of, of the church, and that's, that's who we are, the church family. The Scriptures talk a lot about our spiritual fathers and uh, spiritual influence. As a matter of fact, look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. There's a passage here. The Apostle Paul does this quite a lot. He talks about Timothy and Titus being his uh, sons in the faith. Now we know that, uh, that they're not his physical sons, you know, his, his children, that he refers to them as his spiritual sons in the faith. And in 1 Corinthians, as you write to the church here in Corinth, this is not to an individual, but to the church. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 14, he says, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. So he, he speaks to the whole church as if they were all his children. He says, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, and many uh, theologians believe he's making reference to the relative size of the church there. He said that the church was thousands and thousands of people in Corinth. He says, you may have 10,000 brothers and sisters in the church or guardians in Christ. You do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. He says, you know, I have this unique relationship with you. There are people in your life, if you're a child of God, that has had sort of a father influence or an older brother or a maturing influence in your life. They sort of they qualify then as like a father in the faith, if you know what I'm saying. Those people have spent usually a lot of time and effort uh, they, they've uh, looked at your life and they've loved you and they've cared about you uh, many times from even before you became a Christian yourself and they've sort of seen you become a Christian and, and seen you grow up in the Lord you know from a little baby Christian uh, up to now you know you've been a Christian for several months or years or even decades or whatever but it's important to look back on those people and to realize there are people in my life that have uh, sort of uh, served me in a parental kind of way a fathering kind of way. It's nice to go back to them sometimes and just say, hey, thanks for taking care of me when I was a young Christian. 
You know, thanks for uh, challenging me to read my Bible. Thanks for challenging me to share my faith. Thanks for challenging me or encouraging me. Or thanks for going out with me that first time. Or I remember the first time that you asked me to pray. You know, many times uh, we can remember back, uh, those of us who have been Christians for a while, to the, the first time that someone asked you to pray and, you know, you, you just almost froze inside. You know, like, oh, What? I'm not sure I even know how to pray. And you want me to pray out loud? And, uh, you know, and, and you did it. And, uh, you know, then you're like, wow, that wasn't that hard. Uh, you know, I guess I can do this. You know, I really can. Uh, but uh, those people in your life, those spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers, are important people at times in our life to say, thank you. Uh, for helping me. Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for being patient with me uh, when, uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't come to church, you know, and uh, you didn't just jump right down my throat or whatever. Uh, but uh, those kind of relationships are important to have in Christ. Last thing I want to remind you on is the ultimate Father. Look over to Romans 8. This is an outstanding passage of Scripture. If it's not one of your favorites, it needs to become one of your favorites soon. How's that? And it's about your relationship with God and how we should think of and look at God. In Romans 8 and verse 12, he says, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. And if you look at the footnote there, it's a spirit of adoption. Is how that could be read. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. If you're a child of God, you have been adopted into His family. He who was not your father is now your father. And I have a little experience with that with uh, our daughter Anya. She's not our physical child. She's a Russian girl. When we adopted her, she became our child. I became her father. Before that time, I was not. That's an incredibly interesting analogy to a person becoming a child of God. That He adopts us into His family. Jesus then is our older brother. And we have a brotherly family relationship with Jesus. And with God the Father. To the point and to the level of intimacy or closeness. It says that, And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is the word that the people of that time would use to, to maybe correlate to what we would call daddy. In other words, there's a, a closeness 
an intimacy. Daddy. You know, there's many kinds of, of images that we could think of and that the Scriptures use in talking about our relationship with God. Psalm 144 is one of my favorite passages. Praise be to the Lord my rock who teaches my hands for war, my fingers for battle. You're my loving God, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, and Him I take refuge. And so you've got, wow, just one after another of these images of God. God's my rock. He's my foundation. Uh, keeps me solid. He's the shield that protects the other things from harming me uh, that go along here. But, but this one is so special. Abba Father, Dad, dear Dad. These kind of terms at different times, I think in our lives, mean more at different times than they do at others. Sometimes when you're really scared about things in your life, you want to really think of God being your foundation. Wow, man, God is holding me together. I'm shaking in myself here. I'm scared. I need God to be my salvation. But there's a, there's a time in every child of God's life where this Abba Father thing, Dad, dear Dad, sweet Dad, is such an important image to have in your relationship with God. It's Father's Day today. You know, your physical father, that's important. But your spiritual father, it's important today. And I want to encourage you today, obviously not right now at this particular moment, but when you have a moment a little bit later today when you're just by yourself, to have a conversation with God that starts out with Abba Father. Dad, dear Dad, what a nice prayer that is. And I'll guarantee you, your spiritual father will treasure that kind of communication that you have with Him. It's good for Him to know that at times you look at Him as being the power of all powers and the the strength of your life. But I believe that God the Father also wants to have a relationship with you, not just where you revere Him and and in a sense even fear His power and, and, and knowledge and strength and ability, but that kind of communication that you have with Him where it's just you and your dear dad. Abba Father. Have that relationship. Have that conversation with God today. I hope today is a great day for you. Enjoy it. Sap it up. All you dads, I know you're going to. Uh, We're grilling hamburgers and watching the U.S. Open golf tournament. (laughs) Uh, Life life doesn't get any better than that. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, have an absolutely fantastic Father's Day. You're dismissed. Have a great day.